Well, what's up, folks? It is Tuesday night, and yes, I'm back because, unfortunately, my Tampa Bay Titans, as you guys see up there on the banner, lost for the season. They are out. They did not make it to round two, but I do appreciate Mikey filling in for me last week, along with Rachel Prevett and Matt Rogers. So thanks to them for putting on episode number 139. But it is Tuesday night, episode 140, and tonight we do have Harry Mays. And if you guys have not heard of Harry Mays because maybe you're too young, Maybe you just haven't tuned in, or maybe you're trying to figure out exactly where he is. Well, if you go to YouTube and look under Bet Parks, B-E-T-P-A-R-X, and you look under there, ah, geez, and I can't say it the way Harry says it, but I'll have him say it just so you guys know exactly where he is. With Jason Martinez, you guys can end up finding him and like and subscribe to the channel. Those guys would appreciate it, and so would everyone else. Therefore, they can continue making great content and keep having the fun that they willingly deserve to have because it's always a great time with Harry. With Jason, you guys know he was with us just a couple of weeks ago. So it's always a good time to have him on there. And I attempted to get the former morning co-host with Harry on tonight, Nick Cale, but unfortunately, because he is extremely busy, I couldn't get him on. But nevertheless, we do have Harry Mays tonight. Joe Madden released from the Angels, yet no surprise. Obviously, Joe Girardi's been gone, and now the interim manager has uh, put the Phillies back on the winning side. But we'll see how long the Philly faithful ride his coattails before a three- or four-game losing streak happens, and then you'll see things going the natural Philly way, which is completely backwards. So we'll get into some baseball talk. Not too much, because there's really not much going on as far as when the Phillies get on the rest of Major League Baseball. But, again, not surprising when it comes to Joe Madden. Eagles are still quiet throughout camp here. Things won't get ramped up until next month. And the Flyers, while they're still sitting at home, in the meantime, while the Tampa Bay Lightning continue to try the Eastern Conference Finals way of getting back to the Stanley Cup Finals, but they have to win tonight to tie up the series, or they will find themselves down 3-1 to one and try to go back to New York at Madison Square Garden, where they've been hot, the Rangers, that is, winning at home. So let's get into tonight. We do appreciate everyone tuning in. And we thank you for coming on from overseas, from stateside, down to South America. We do appreciate it all. I'm Angel, and welcome to Brawl South. Now, normally he's dancing to the new intro song, but when he's not doing that, he's firing off questions away, and it is the godfather, Mike Fuji. Fuji, what's happening tonight? Angel, happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday to everyone. Harry Mays in the house. Let's get into some Philly sports talk. Angel, how you doing this evening? I'm doing just fantastic. We did reach 100 degrees down here in the steam bath. That is Florida. And officially, we're not in summer because it starts June 21st, but it was hot. I don't mind because there's a local pool nearby. The beach is only four miles away, so it makes everything worthwhile. But, hey, uh, not complaining whatsoever because it could always be worse. It could be wintertime. And around here, wintertime, all it means there'll be 80 degrees instead of 100. That's all. But it's right. It's good stuff here in Florida. And from the cheap seats, we dragged them down from his own luxury box that he, he still has not shared with everyone. It is Ryan Neff from the cheap seats. Ryan, how are you this evening? I'm Ryan Neff. It's great to be with everybody this evening. Harry freaking May is on tonight. We got to get into it. Phillies, Eagles, whatever. I may have a Flyers question or two. So let's just delve into it, my friends. I think you and me got to get into it. <laughs> first, like Pete Rose. Yeah, keep doing on that one. But if you guys, as I mentioned in the beginning of the show here, you guys see on the upper left-hand corner from the YouTube page, Bet Parts, and you guys can listen in on today's broadcast. It just went on not too long ago. You guys can catch the recap. If I play the audio, it might come in a little bit lagged, but I do want to play some of the audio because, of course, Jason Martinez and with Harry Mays. So listen in before we bring in Harry Mays. And I'm not saying that to like demean anybody, but you know, the path is like, Hey, you did 10 years of beat writing or you were in the yeah. Eagles locker room. Or you were in the flyers locker room or something. And now you when you expert. make the transition. Yeah. Now when you make the transition to radio, you're an expert. I, I, I'd just be looking for good conversation and some entertainment value. I, 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 yes. I want to be entertained. Yeah. You know, yeah. And that's yeah. where I kind of thought like the, the, the whole business was still so caller driven that I got bored with that. Like, 
Now, you guys see there in the bottom of the corner, no, that is not Joey Fatone. That is Kevin Kincaid. Do not get it confused. And with that being said, I'm going to bring the man on himself. It is Harry Mays. Harry, first of all, thank you for joining us again. We do appreciate it. Absolutely. Angel, Mike, Ryan, great to be with you guys. Thanks for being on, Harry. Yeah, man. Now, Harry, oh, and by the way, I, hold on a second, Angel. I heard you say something before you started, or when you started the show, you said you asked Nick Kale to come on tonight, and he was too busy. That is absolute <laughs> fake news. That guy has absolutely nothing to do. Okay, he's texting me constantly during the day with all his bullshit picks and golf, <laughs> asking me questions about the golf tournament. He has nothing to do. Okay, fake right, news. Right. I'll make sure I'll get back to him then because I, I did reach out. No, and his defense, I did reach out about an hour before the show because I got so busy throughout the whole entire time. And Nick said he was going to come on. So I, I missed making that connection with him. But I wanted to bring him on because for those who don't know, when Harry Bates was on 97.5, the fanatic, I, I did say to Harry and, and we were at an event in Jersey and it was, it was great to admit and met everybody back then. And as, as I mean, you were talking about some good Lord, 10 years or so later, that we still stay in contact with Harry. But the fun part was that I had the opportunity to tell you, which I would tell the viewers that are watching tonight, mm -hmm. that I think even though you work with Tony Bruno and everybody loved Tony Bruno in the, uh, at the Fanatic, and I know he's gone on to do different things he does now into the night uh, with Tony Bruno on Friday nights. If you guys miss it, you can catch him on the No Filter Network. But when they made you guys the morning drive, which I told you and Nick, I thought that was the best tandem duo that 97.5 The Fanatic ever had. And I think it lasted what it seemed like to us about two weeks, and then poof, yeah. it was gone. Yeah, it was it was such a, a short period of time. I don't even remember it. Okay, <laughs> and and I worked with about fifty different guys during my time at ninety seven five through all the incarnations of nine fifty Sports Talk to nine fifty ESPN to the ninety seven five. I had so many different co hosts, and I know I worked with Nick, but I don't even remember us doing mornings. We must have filled in for like a maybe a, a week or two period of time, maybe when, when they were changing shows. I don't know. But uh, I'm, I'm, I appreciate you saying that. I'm glad somebody out there was listening and enjoyed it. <laughs> no, listen, it, it was always good time with, with you on the radio. And, and I want people to understand that on this show, particularly tonight, if you guys don't know Harry Mays, Harry Mays will tell it just the way it is. There's, there's no buttering up. You're not going to get a participation trophy for listening tonight. None of that stuff. Yeah. What comes out of Harry is all raw. So if you like it, stay tuned. If you don't like it, I don't know what to tell you. Maybe go watch, I don't know, Dinosaur, that purple dude walking around wherever he's doing right now. So, But, Harry, I, I want for everybody to understand, if, if we roll it back here, because your career, when you first started, and, yeah. and if I remember some of the stories, at the Fanatic, I don't think they wanted you to immediately start out as a host. I'm no. almost like somewhere in between there. I can't remember. They wanted you to start out basically as a producer slash intern. And yeah. then you end up telling them exactly what you would have liked to have done instead of them telling you what to do. Well, yeah, it's, it's funny because I was I was a new an update anchor is how I started, which was a great way to get in. And I was at it actually enabled me to be the first live voice on the air for what eventually became 97.5 the fanatic at 6 a.m on october 3rd 2005 my first sports update aired and that was the first live voice of the then new station that was when it was launched so i you know I, I hold that pretty near and dear to my heart because i you know i'm very proud of what the station was is able to accomplish and is still accomplishing so that's where it started. And uh, but I wanted to do shows. I mean, you know, the update anchor stuff is great, but I really also wanted to do shows, you know, in addition to that. And they had another idea because they were trying to launch a, a local morning show. So they, they were looking for somebody to run the board and sort of be the producer and maybe add a little bit of on air stuff at, at some point, whatever. So they had me. Uh, do these trial shows, which they aired on Sunday afternoons. Now, keep in mind, there was no live programming, local live programming on the station at the time on weekends. So nobody is listening to it for live programming. Like if you happen to catch somebody by chance where right. it was still on their car, you know, preset from Thursday when they were listening to Jody Mack or Fred, whatever, that's when you would catch them. But they're not going there because they know we don't do live so they're running these trial morning show like uh, hosts. They're letting them do a trial run. Like a guy would come in from freaking Kansas City 
and he'd spend the night and the next day he'd do a four hour show in the afternoon and then he'd fly home and I'd be the guy that would produce it. And I was so bad intentionally at the <laughs> board because I didn't want to be the freaking producer. Okay. Right. So I fucked this shit up royally. Like I'd, <laughs> I'd push wrong buttons and, you know, I'd interject. I'd have a hot mic when it wasn't supposed to be a hot mic. It was a total freaking train wreck. And I did that intentionally because I'm like, this is not what I came here for. Like, I don't want to do this. Right. The last thing I wanted to do was be the silent guy pushing buttons and booking guests for somebody. I'm like, I'm in my mid thirties here. Like I came in here to either get on the air or get the fuck out and, and go back to selling insurance. So I screwed it all up. And I was a, I was the worst producer you could have ever imagined. And it worked. It well, worked. See, but that's it. That's the golden part about it. That's yeah. why everybody, the, the stories that uh, are, so you can go to any other like radio program or anything else. The difference between when you can do a podcast, when you can do your own yeah. shows, these are the stories that you get to hear the way they're supposed to be said, because as much as we keep everything professional, but right. at the same time too, it's always good to hear the story, the way the story was meant to be said. So when you do it on regular radio, terrestrial radios, everybody knows it. Yeah, you can't Even now that. when it, yeah, you can't. Right. And even XM, XM has gotten pretty much before it used to be when XM first came out. Yeah. You could say whatever you wanted to. You know, it, mm -hmm. it was pretty much, you know, a free will. I think that all ended when Tony Bruno and I got fired a couple of years ago. <laughs> I think that's when all those rules changed, too. <laughs> I think so. You're absolutely right. But, you know, it, it's fun, though. It's the stories that I love to hear that, that you normally wouldn't be able to hear anywhere else. So I, I do appreciate because I, I heard bits and pieces of it before, yeah. but it's always great to hear it again. But, you know, now going back to your 97.5 the Fanatic days and, and – you know, as you're coming through, you're working with different co-hosts. You know, they're they're still trying to put pieces together. I know before they end up selling it um, to the Beasley Media Group, it seemed like everyone had tuned into the Fanatic more than they had done at WIP at one point because before WIP became FM, before making that switch, it's just the Fanatic had the edge at that point. Right. And I think the lineup that they had is they were creatively putting guys, you know, together in place. And ended up making it, you know, really well. Now, of course, it's turned again where WIP now ends up being on top of the food chain, I guess if you want to say it that way. And the Fanatic is still trying to figure out, okay, who are we going to have, especially now with the drive time with Mikey Miss being gone. Yeah. So all these different changes that, that happen. But during your career there at the Fanatic, if you can remember probably one of the better interviews that you had, whether it was a good one and or a bad one, or maybe one that you just didn't want to have, but the show told you, well, you know what, Harry, you have no other choice. You got to interview this person. What was the most collective one that you can remember that stands out out of your whole entire career at Fanatic? I just thought of one because I booked it myself. This was when I was on in the evening uh, with uh, Jamie Yannicone. And I don't know if Rob Ellis was still with us at the time, but he had, he had been on the show it was the Sports Fanatics, which aired at night after Jody went off. Uh, we were on from 7 to 10 in the evenings, and that lasted for, you know, maybe about a year and a half, two years. And I booked Bruce Jenner, who was Bruce Jenner at the time. Right. And he's talking, and, he, you know, he was a great guest. He's a great talker. And we're talking about, you know, the Olympics and the TV shows, and this was when the Kardashians was kind of just – sort of getting going. This was back in, I want to say, 07, 06, 07 time period. And it came up where, you know, because I told him that I was, uh, you know, it's kind of hot on Kim, you know. I thought, man, how do you how do you deal with that, with her running around the house, you know, with hardly any clothes on? Right. And, you know, and, and we started talking about all this, like, stuff that ended up morphing into us, you know, a sort of a sexual nature. And now knowing the way things turned out, like I look back on that as kind of a kind of a weird conversation, you know. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, pretty weird, you know. And I, I talked to a lot of like crazy people. I mean, Will Farrell, I had on. I booked Will Farrell uh, one time. We had a, a tremendous conversation about you know college football and movies and music and all kinds of things. It was it was those were the kind of conversations that I remember the most because they weren't necessarily all sports. In fact, a lot of it wasn't sports. No, and, and the you know? one, the one thing. I, well, I'll, when I went back to your fanatic days and the day that we end up having the the go kart challenge race, mm -hmm. the one thing I, I do specifically remember, I you did talk to like some of us when we were out there, and you know, not as much as far as taking pictures, but when we were together prior to the races coming down to the qualifications and then get down to the final race, 
Yeah. I thought the best part was, and I, I used to hear it from people from uh, from the fanatic was when the show was over, you were out. Like that was it. Harry Mays right. is closed and you're done. Yeah. I thought the funniest thing, and I still remember to this day, was as soon as the event was done, like basically it was 10 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Everybody looked for Harry Mays. Harry's like, what time I'm is in it? My yeah, car. I'm out. I'm already on Route 55 headed back <laughs> towards Philadelphia. Yeah. yeah. And that was the, to me, that was the best part because you were you stayed true to yourself. That's yeah. who you were. It was like, you know, everybody else hung around. We get it, we understand it, but it was just funny to watch you take off. There's another one though I just remembered, and I can't believe I forgot it. Belladonna, the porn star, I had in live in studio. And she was pretty popular back in 06, 07 at that time period. And I I arranged with the guy that was her handler to bring her in studio. I said, it's the only way we're gonna do it is if she's live in studio brought her in she couldn't have been greater she was nice she was the best and she did anything that i asked her to do and literally by the by the end of this conversation we had her on for about an hour and i never ran it by my program director because he never would have allowed it but the other studio where the where the like the news anchor would sit is a big glass wall there were 15 guys in there with their faces <laughs> up against the wall like they were like they had never seen or heard anything like this. It was like a Howard Stern kind of situation, to be honest. With right. You. And I, I was I was just sort of the orchestrator of this whole thing. I mean, there was a, a large piece of a uh, large vegetable involved and you can just use your imagination. It was incredible. And it was great radio and it was totally off the cuff. Nothing was pre-planned. And that to me was the some of the most exciting stuff that I ever did. See, but again, yeah. that, that stuff, you wouldn't be able to get it from a, from anywhere else because some no. people some people gamble and they take off that gamble and they hope that it, en it ends up coming out on, on the better side. Some right. radio shows and some programs, they've, they've tried to gamble and it's failed miserably, depending on the guest. Now, today, thanks to everything that's going on in the world, you have no idea what you're going to end up getting because you're, you're going to get either the extreme far left of mm -hmm. what they believe is it's, it's going to be right or it's going to be so either Mickey Mouse in or pushed down your throat so much that sometimes you just tune out because you don't know what to listen to anymore. And I think that's why there's so many different radio personalities that, are, that are, have gone now to doing their own version, like their own podcast and everything else, because you can, at least you can stay to the person who you've always been. Right. Because the tough part is, and especially for you guys who've been on radio, is that you turn around and you know what you've been doing for many, many years. No one should control exactly how you say it, the way you say it, none of that stuff. But now it's come down to it's become so I don't I want to say almost like mushy. Yeah. Homogenized. It's, yeah. Yep. It it's it's a shame because yeah. that's the way I remember listening to to you guys. I mean, I'm I'm going way back. I'm, I'm only 21 years old. I keep lying to myself a single day, but going way back into radio in the 70s and 80s, it was fun because you heard real raw yeah. stories. And now you just can't hear them anymore. And then if you do, it comes with a consequence, or you have to explain yourself. And and that to me takes away from that person of who they are. So yeah. I know that that's my little two cents when it comes to new modern stuff. But <laughs> I just like it when when people just remain who they are. I mean, you know, you got Ryan. And once again, with the cheap seats over there, who can't even afford to even put us in a luxury box, but, but we get it because it, it's just, it's Ryan, <laughs> as I make fun of him all the time. But no, you know, it, it's just, it's appreciative. And I think that's why we appreciate when you guys still hang around. Tony's still doing his thing, obviously, again, with a no filter network. But it's good to see that, that people just don't change because they feel, okay, I have to become modern with the times. Yeah. If you are who you've been for many years, remain the course because that's what made you popular. That's what made you, you know, a, that that known personality. And that's what we want to continue to hear. I try to say the same thing to the Godfather up there, but, you know, he 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 just, him and Harry Rosen, they got this big love affair that I have no idea why in the world. But he, he's he got a question as well. So I'm going to leave it off because I've been rambling your ear long enough. So Godfather, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks for coming on. Appreciate it. Yeah, um, Mike, glad to be here again. Just wanted to dive in. Um, little Sixers. I'm just throwing this out there to you. I mean, the front office, Chris Heck resigning there for nine years. Is there any speculation to that, or you know, leading to the off season within the next couple of weeks? Yeah, I, I just you know got wind of that uh, today, as as most people did. I don't I don't really know much what to read about that because I never really got involved with that sort of that corporate executive side of, of the 76ers. I sort of, you know, just tried to think about it from a, from a basketball point of view. 
you know, the, these owners of this organization, they're involved in a lot of different stuff, a lot of different teams, a lot of different, you know, political stuff. I have no idea what, what the situation was with Chris Heck. Does it mean like things are, you know, about to blow up? I, you know, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think Doc Rivers is going anywhere as much as many of us might would like to move on from him uh, because I've been very disappointed uh, with his tenure here as, as many people have, but I don't think that's going to happen. And I, I don't know what Chris Heck leaving means. Um, you know, who takes his place? Is it going to be, you know, somebody of a, you know, more of a, uh, a basketball kind of guy or, or more of a, you know, the corporate side like Chris Heck was, I don't really know. I don't read too much into it to, you know, to answer your question. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Also, do you see, uh, you know, Daryl Morey having his work cut out for him yeah. here in the offseason? You know, all these trade rumors floating around, Tobias Harris and T. Stiebel, you know, bringing in the Donovan Mitchell. or mm -hmm. I think it's a lot of people just putting names together because it's that right. time of year. Uh, you know, but think about Matisse Thibel. Think about his stock right now. With if you go back about three or four months, you know, you'd pull most 76ers fans. I bet seven or eight out of ten would say, There's no way you can involve Matisse Thibel in any trade. Now you look what happened with, with the whole situation where he couldn't go to Toronto and his play really fell off after that. Maybe it'd be like, Man, let's let's throw him in anything. Who cares? It's 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 crazy how just a couple of months, you know, everything changes with, with as far as a viewpoint of a player uh, in, in this league and especially with this team. Um, it, wasn't it unbelievable just to see the Miami Heat and Jimmy Butler? Because I loved Jimmy Butler yeah. before he was oh, yeah. here and when he was here. Because to me, he was kind of like me. He was a guy that goes in there and stirs shit up and holds people accountable and, right. and goes in there and does his work and demands that you do yours. And, and outside of that, we got no issue. But if, if you're not going to be doing the same thing that I do, we got a problem. And I like guys like that. OK, and, and some people don't. A lot of people right. don't. They, they make them very uncomfortable. But God damn it. Wouldn't you like to have seen Jimmy Jimmy Butler still here with Joel Embiid and whoever else? Oh, no yeah. deal. I mean, man, that's a team. It is. It's yeah. a shame, too, because, yeah, you're absolutely right. I would love to see Jimmy stay here. but if, and, yeah. and I don't know. Would there be a hint of him coming back around again? Probably nah, not because think, I'm no. pretty sure he's going to stay with Miami. But you're you're right. Jimmy made everybody accountable for it. And yeah. I don't know if that was something that, that drove the Sixers brass absolutely insane or not. But it, it is a shame because he should have been here. He he took yeah. Miami, you know, as, as deep as he possibly could. I'm pretty sure he's going to be back there again come next year. Mm -hmm. We're going to see what, what's going to happen. And, you know, and I know people keep saying about Doc Rivers. And yes, some people want him out of town. I personally would like to see Doc here for another year, which again, the Sixers have said they're going to bring him back for another year. Yeah, he's coming now, back. Yeah. So I, I just want to see what they're going to end up doing as far as building him around. But uh, Fuji, sorry, go ahead. I was going to turn over to Ryan. And okay. Harry again, thanks for Harry and I have something in common. We both did radio in Allentown. Oh um, yeah, were you, which station were you at? Were the same one I was? Uh, 1999. It was a station called WTKZ. It was sports. TKZ. And then I did. Now, like, do you remember the call, like the number? Because I was 12:30 uh, and 1320. Yes. Were the AM stations? I think yes. I think one of those is it. Yeah. And I did like yep. a two month stint at WZZO. <laughs> oh, there you go, the rock station. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love that station. So, two questions for you again. Thanks for coming on. One one's going to be in reference to the Phillies. I said that Joe firing Joe Girardi really isn't going to make that much of a difference. Right. The last eleven years, Harry, the Phillies have been mediocre at best. Mm -hmm. What's it going to take for this organization to unsuck? <laughs> uh, that's a great question. And I don't know the exact answer, but for the last, I mean, take it 11 years, you could probably go even back further because the core of that great team or those great teams you know, that ended up being in the World Series in 08 and 09 were all drafted like in the late 90s to early 2000s. And a lot of it, I guess, was Ed Wade. You know, you can go back to Pat Burrell, Jimmy Rollins, Chase Utley, you know, Cole Hamels, uh, you know, on and on and on. Those guys, that whole core was drafted and developed and they identified talent and they developed the talent. And that is what has been missing with this organization for 
over a decade, at least over a decade, because they allowed that core to get old, which a lot of teams do because they're loyal to it, because it brought, you know, the greatest, you know, run maybe in franchise history. I get it. But you got to continue to identify talent and draft it and develop it. And they don't do it. And, you know, all these number one draft picks. I mean, you look at some of these guys. Where are they? You know, I mean, Alec Bohm, you know, is, is he a real is he a real player? He can hit a little bit, but is he a real player? I don't know. Mickey Moniak, you know, all the all these guys that they've they've drafted that are supposed to be these great players. And it, it just doesn't happen. And therefore, your minor league system is viewed as crap by the other organizations. So they're not going to make trades with you for your minor league guys. So therefore, you got to go out and overspend in free agency and, and keep bringing guys in. And I love Bryce Harper. Don't get me wrong. I've wanted him here. He was a, he's a lightning rod guy that you can you can really build around and he's your franchise player. I get all that. But then they had to go out, you know, they had to get Raul Muto. They had to get Castellano, the Castellanos. I mean, it's on and on and on. They got to keep buying players because right. they can't develop them. And that's the core issue. And how do you fix that? I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a baseball savant, but that's the real problem. They got to get somebody in here to, to fix the, the developmental system and the drafting and the scouting. To me, that's that's where it all and that's a long rebuild, but that's where it's got to happen. Harry, just just to touch on, uh, you know, Joe Girardi, obviously, you know, the one taking the fall. Yeah. I believe there's an up blame to go around with Dombrowski bringing in Familia, Brad Hand, a couple other guys you brought in in that bullpen. And, you know, the players got to take accountable for it as well. Yeah, they do. I mean, you know, but Girardi, I was disappointed with him it's just because he was a name and everybody, you know, said, yeah, we got to go get Joe Girardi, uh, you know, and, and he's, he's, he, his name carried a lot of, of weight. And then you find oh. out that there was no community. There was bad communication between he and the players. I mean, like, how, how does that happen? How does that happen in a baseball team? Right. When you're spending six months practically every day together at the ballpark, whether it's home or away, how is there a lack of communication? That to me sounds, you know, ridiculous. He just never had any energy. I never sensed any kind of any kind of fire at all. And we, right. we love fire in this town. OK, you, you got to show me a little Larry right. Boa every once in a while when yeah. things aren't going well. Right. I mean, that never happened. And, and it's crazy to me because I don't think it's sustainable. But the minute he gets whacked and his underling, Rob Thompson, takes over. And I don't know, Rob Thompson from. You know, Jerry Thompson, but this team scores 26 runs in three games against the dog shit team in the Angels. But, you know, OK, let's call it what it is. But they start hitting the baseball and start beating the crap out of whoever they're playing. And I'm like, is there some there might be something to this? Like, man, we were just looking for a way to bust out. Now, I don't think this is going to continue. I don't think they're good enough uh, for, for reasons that that I stated earlier. But isn't it kind of weird? How the minute, you know, Mr. Girardi, you know, the Joe Girardi, Mr. Baseball gets handed his walking papers, the team comes alive. Right. Weird. Harry, just real quick here. I'm going to switch it up just a little bit because I am the yeah. national correspondent. Oh, that's right. You're, that's, it you're... says it on your uh, on the title there for you. <laughs> you got you're a golf enthusiast just like I am. Yeah. I said during the winter months when the Phil Mickelson thing hit, with the live tour. Yeah. I said that it was just going to continue to get worse and worse. Now we see golfers defecting from the PGA tour. The most recent is Dustin Johnson. Mm -hmm. I think this is going to turn into an all out war between the PGA tour and the live tour. I don't know how you see it. Yeah. What's your take on this whole situation? Well, you know, I, I, I just look at this thing and I say it's more golf to watch and it's more golf to bet on. So I'm okay with that. Um, you know, does is the the crew of players that they have in this this first event, 48 players, it's not exactly a who's who. It's kind of a couple of has-beens. And Dustin Johnson is kind of at that point in his career where I think he knows he's in the Hall of Fame. He's won his majors. You know, he's been on Ryder Cups. Now he's he just wants to go out and make as much money as possible. And I can't begrudge anybody for that, okay? If somebody's going to offer you $125 million or $250 million, whatever it is guaranteed for he and Phil Mickelson, I mean, who, you know, who am I to say you turn that down because right. a couple of golf writers 
you know, are all bent about, you know, the, the moral aspect of this. I mean, there's dirty money that is floating throughout this entire globe, including coming from our country. OK, so if you start really parsing this out, the NBA, you know, what about the NBA and their association with China? And I know this there's this term called whataboutism that everybody gets excited about. Well, but it is what about, you know, this because. There's dirty stuff going on everywhere. But you tell me that you're going to go to your wife and your kids and say, you know what? I was offered one hundred and twenty five million dollars up front to go play golf in a couple of these tournaments that are sponsored by some really bad guys. And they're going to go like, Dad, you turned them down or "Hun, you said no. Like, think, yeah. think about right. it from their perspective. Yeah. Or, you know, no so I, I don't you know. I, if it was me, obviously, I would really want the money. And I would the only thing that I would probably be unsettled about is like, A, am I going to get it all? OK, because I don't know if it all comes up front. That's a lot of money. And B, what else do I owe them? Like, what else are they going to come ask me for later? That's the one thing that kind of sits in my head. But that's just me. I would go take the money and I'd go play the eight tournaments, team tournaments and cash the checks. Uh, but yeah, there's going to be a war and there's going to be lawyers and there's going to be all kinds of hand wringing about whether this guy should be able to play in this major or, you know, this guy can never play in a Ryder Cup team or a President's Cup team and all that. And the thing that saddens me about it is I love the traditions of golf mm -hmm. and the history of certain tournaments and, you know, at certain venues and things like that. That's that's part of what draws me to it. And this live thing, although it has great money and it will be played on some great golf courses, has no tradition. There will never be tradition. It's all just about money. And there's a part of me that says, yeah, you take the money, but then it's that's all it's, that it's about. And that kind of saddens me, if that makes any sense. Well, it's going to be interesting to see because the USGA has come out and said that they may not follow suit with the PGA. It kind of kind of. Hard for me to believe that, but it'll be interesting to see how the USGA is going to handle this leading up to the event next week. Well, they're going to they're going to allow these guys to play in the in the in the U.S. Open, the guys that are qualified. That's okay. that's that's already been said. I think it came out today. Um, and if you're Dustin Johnson, for for example, since you guys brought him up, and Phil Mickelson for that matter, because they mm -hmm. both won the Masters. The Masters, you can play in the Masters until you're you're dead. Okay, if you want to play, <laughs> once you've won it, you can play in it however long you want they will always welcome you back i don't see that changing so dustin will also be able to play the Masters. phil will be able to play the Masters. sergio will be able to play the masters the opens are open to me so if if you qualify or you're or you've you know you've won you're to me you're going to probably be able to play in those too if the pga championship and the players championship which isn't a major but it's a huge tournament they probably, you know, maybe they can rule these guys out of there. But I think, you know, they'll get lawyers to fight all this stuff. It's it's going to be really interesting and hairy, and I don't know where it all where it all ends up. Uh, but to me, I'm 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 going to watch it all because that's what I do, uh, and uh, you know, it's going to give me other stuff to to bet on. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned uh, Sergio Garcia, and, and for the first yeah. time in like a long time, it, I'm surprised he even saying anything. Because it, it was, a, uh, I think it was Ryan about two months ago or so, the last tournament he was on, where he had mentioned they wanted him to speed up uh, the play, and mm -hmm. he was saying to himself like, you know, wh why? What's going on? He said, "Boy, I, I can't wait to leave here," yeah. which is kind of surprising because Sergio, for the most part, never said anything back to, hey, to the tour. He's a petulant well, asshole. I yeah, mean, he, well, he has been in his enti his entire career. I mean, this guy has spit in the cup when he after he takes his ball out. I think it actually happened in Saudi Arabia. He spit into the cup. I mean, he's done some really stupid or, and he whacked the bunker because he couldn't get out of the sand and he starts acting like a crazy kid. He's an oh, asshole. Boy. And everybody you know, he really he really is. If it, if it weren't for his association with Seve Ballesteros, the great and classy Seve Ballesteros, people would beat the shit out of him. He's okay? not, he, he is not Seriously. one of the more popular guys on. Yeah, team. he's a great player, and and nobody nobody you know brings the club in the way he does. I mean, I would love to be able to hit one iron the way he hits all of them. Trust me, but he's an asshole. <laughs> yeah, but at oh, least man. it's. 
good to know because I again I, see I don't follow the tour as much as like Ryan yeah. does, for example, our national correspondent. So am I wrong, it, Ryan? Yeah. Uh, Sergio can be. Believe me, he's tough to take, and yeah. he's always been. Yeah, he projects he projects himself in front of the camera a little bit differently than behind the scenes, and I'm not. I Harry thinks that way. I think that way. There's a right. lot of guys behind the scenes that are professional golfers that think that way. Yeah. So. yeah. Uh, not to interrupt, but I just remember Chi-Chi Rodriguez after he would yeah. take the hole, he'd be like this, and then he was a showman. Yeah, yeah, but the sword. He was great. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was. And, I'll, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you something else, Harry. Phil yeah. has really alienated a lot of people. I know. Yes. With with his comments, and I yeah. don't know what kind of damage control he could continue to do. I don't know if he'll ever be able to fully recover, but we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, I don't know if he'll ever be able to fully recover. I mean, you know, this day and age, you know, people will take sides and they and they're not going to forgive or, you know, the comments and whatnot and Phil's rubbed a lot of guys the wrong way, but to Phil Mickelson to me, uh without being the greatest champion and he's not, but he's one of the greatest is one of the most compelling sports figures in my lifetime. And that means from watching him, and I, I've said this on radio back in the day when people were like, why are you even talking about golf? My program director's head would explode when I'd bring up a name <laughs> of a golfer. But I was like, he's one of the most compelling sports figures in my lifetime. And I've had the, the pleasure of, of witnessing so much greatness in sports when you, know, you talk about the four majors. But when this guy is on TV, you have no idea what he's going to do. He can make something you know, simple, look like a total train wreck and he can make something where you're like, I don't know how the hell he's going to get out of this. And he does it. He's amazing. And I've always appreciated him. And I, you know, he said some stupid things and I know he, he, um, you know, feels badly about that. And he's, you know, sort of taking stock in his, him in himself right now, which I think was a good idea. Uh, but, but Phil, Phil is a showman and Phil has always been a showman with a whole lot of swagger. And a lot of times that brings, uh, you know, a lot of flack. Now, an, an interesting picture I'm going to bring up here. What <laughs> happened to John Daly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you know, John's, he lost control of his weight a long time ago. And I don't think he really, he gives zero fucks, which is one, one of the reasons why I love him so much. But there was a time, I mean, he had cancer. He had, I, I think it was bladder cancer not too long ago. And he started growing the beard, apparently, and he wasn't going to shave it until he beat the bladder cancer. Right. I think he has beaten the bladder cancer, and I think he's just fallen in love with this new character that the beard has given him. So he's going to keep it. And, you know, dude, the guy the guy owns it. I mean, look at that haircut back in 1991 when he won the PGA. He had the, one of the greatest mullets of all time. I mean, he's awesome. Would you want him any any other way? No, I not wouldn't at all. want him all cleaned up. That's great. Yeah, no, it's, yeah, it's seriously. <laughs> it's it's funny to me because when he was, it, what threw me off was so I, I ended up tuning in about I want to say about three weeks ago when he was on. It was like a small tour of something going on, and I, yeah. it, it took me like a bit to kind of look. Is that really John Daly? Yeah, but you're right. He absolutely he doesn't care, and that's the fun no. part about John Daly because after a while he was like, you know what, I'm just going to do me, and yeah. everybody who loves the way I that's do myself. It. It's the best thing ever. So yeah, compared to that oh, mullet, to again back to where he looked yeah. like Santa Claus sitting there on the on the yep. golf cart. I mean, there's nothing better. And for those who are listening to the audio side of the podcast here, <laughs> if you guys Google uh, John Daly and you look at the pictures the way we are right now, it's just it's it's a night and day John Daly from the mullet yeah. to his his prior existence now. So it's just it's hilarious. And I, I followed him at the Greater Greensboro Open. I think it was 1992, I want to say, because I lived down in, in the Carolinas then. And we went over, and, and me and my buddies were like, man, we got to go follow John Daly. So we got up into that group, and we followed him the whole day. And literally, this guy, he's got the one of the most incredible hand-to-mouth habits I've ever seen because he's got a cigarette in his, in his hand and his mouth at all times, a bag of M&Ms or a Diet Coke. <laughs> I swear to God, we followed him. We followed him for like 13 holes. So it was like three hours, okay? Three, four, almost four hours. This guy nonstop in his hand, either at a butt, he'd put the butt down. Caddy would give him his club, hit his club, take some M&Ms, pop them in his mouth, Diet Coke and a cigarette, and go to his next shot the whole day. The whole day. 
It's Unbelievable. Amazing. Yeah. He looks looks like Jeff Daniels and Dumb and Dumb. He does. Mine is like the top hat. Yeah. You wear the top right. hat and the tails. That's <laughs> <laughs> a great comparison. I didn't uh, even think great. about that one. He's great. <laughs> Listen, Joey B, who who's obviously a major fan of the show here, he gets. I know he gets around to all different networks. Uh, he, he said he he did miss you. What's up? But he's he's also asking, uh, have you been watching any USFL? And by the way, Joey B, uh, congrats to your Avs as they made themselves now into the Stanley Cup Finals. Oh yeah, the Avs. That was that was a pretty impressive uh, sweep of the Edmonton Oilers. I watched every game in that series. Um, no, I haven't watched one lick of the USFL. Yeah, uh, but I understand the Birmingham Stallions have a pretty good team because they play all their games at home. <laughs> exactly. Don't feel advantage. I didn't watch it either. Now, it, Harry, it, it makes you want to think because how successful is that league going to be? First, I know they wanted to, I guess, control the money, whatever it was. So they they yeah. decided to play in Alabama for the season, but I just don't see it taking off. And then next year you enter yeah. now the XFL with the Rock, and he's been wanting to to make sure when he brings it back out, it's supposed to be a better product than it was. Yeah. There's been no leaks, no nothing. Like we have no, it's so tight lip at this point. Is it going to be successful the third time around? Yeah, I, I don't think so. And it might last longer maybe than the first two times. I don't know, but they need some of that Saudi money to keep this thing alive. <laughs> if you ask me, see, that's the difference between the USFL's reboots and this live thing. The, the Saudis don't run out of money. Okay. Right. <laughs> These other leagues do. No, that's true. And it, the one thing that I did learn this year, so when I was broadcasting for the Tampa Bay Titans in the yeah. professional basketball league, you you touched on it a little while ago that as far as the guys that make more money playing overseas than they do here, I mean, you do get your, I mean, LeBron James, of course, he's gotten, he's a billionaire off the NBA. Mm -hmm. Everybody knows this. But a lot of these guys, they say, you know, you go over there and sometimes the competition is a little more stiffer than what it is here in the U.S., but that the contracts end up being bigger. And so a lot of them end up finishing out the career or even start the career there and then don't even bother coming back stateside because they like playing overseas versus playing here in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Plus the women are pretty good too over there, but but that's another thing. Uh, <laughs> but here, getting back to the, the golf side of that, this live tour, there's a guy named Peter Uline who was an American player uh, and played over in the European tour, has made his bones over there and, you know, has been kicking it around and, you know, but, you know, still scuffling around. He's now a captain of one of these teams in this event coming up this weekend. All right. Now, if the players over here that are in the top 30, okay, let's just say in the top 30 that aren't involved in the live tour, start seeing that Peter Uline is making guaranteed money of millions of dollars to just basically play in these events. They're going to be like, dude, I could give him five shots aside and I could beat his ass. I'm going <laughs> over there and I'm getting some of that money. And that's where I think this, you know, this this is going to be really interesting to see how this plays out because they're going to some of these guys are going to be saying, dude, I could beat that guy, you know, after a twelve pack, and he's making four million this week, and I'm over here, you know, trying to make the cut to make, you know, one hundred and thirty thousand. This is bullshit. That's true. Right? I mean, see, and now I'm going to have to say, tune in. Thanks to you guys. Now I'm going to have to take a look and see what's going on amongst everything yeah. else I end up doing. But to take a look because it, it seems really interesting. It's all great points because it's really interesting to see what's going to happen with with that entire league. But I mean, then again, we see everything that goes on here as far as stateside. And then if we, I guess, to bring a little baseball here in case some folks want to hear, Joe Madden is the next now scapegoat for the Angels. Not surprising because then I'm yeah. going to lose his streak. And then you have Ohani who said, oh, don't be surprised if I request a trade. You've only been with the team for a year. And you're yeah. talking about you can't go through a losing streak and you want to go for a trade now. So, yeah. and it's dumb to say because I know people are going to say it. I don't see the Phillies making any kind of pursue for Joe Madden here in Philadelphia because they see what's going on right now with the interim manager. Yeah. Does Joe Madden land somewhere else? Or he decides to say, you know what? Uh, I'm done. I won one and I'm good. Joe Madden would be great on television. I, I he think. would like to be one of those guys, you know, Ryan, mate, whether he's in studio or whether he's, you know, probably an in studio, it's a little bit of an easier job than going out and actually doing the games every week. And so, but I think he's, he'd be brilliant. He's very entertaining. He loves his red wine. He's a very, you know, he's sort of a renaissance man, even though he came up in the coal regions of Pennsylvania, believe it or not. 
but yeah, I, 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 I'd love to sit down and talk. Like I always said that I'd love to talk baseball with Charlie Manuel for, you know, take the train ride from Philly to Washington when they go play the nationals and sit there and eat peanuts and drink a couple of beers and talk baseball with Charlie Manuel would be a fascinating two hours or whatever. Joe Madden's one of those guys too. Although I don't think it would be peanuts and, and beer. It'd be mm-hmm. like red wine and maybe, you know, some, ceviche or something i don't know but yeah he's a fascinating guy uh he's got a lot to offer as far as baseball is concerned the the angels are never going to be the dodgers no matter how much money they spend right and you know it's it's probably come to an end and you know if he gets fired you know what so what he's got he's got tons of money and some tv network's gonna pay him oh yeah well yeah when uh, when charlie when Charlie comes on, because Charlie's coming on to our show, so when Charlie Manuel comes on, I'll make sure you come back. Because oh, absolutely. I, I, I tell you this much. When he was down for the meet and greet with Philly Sports Trips, and by the He's way, uh, thank you to our sponsor, phillysportstrips.com. They have upcoming trip to D.C. Uh, for the D.C.U. They're not called the Commanders, whatever. D.C.U. as we refer to them here. But when he comes back, I'll have you on here because he had spoken to you, Harry, every single person on the meet and greet and you're talking about some 250 to 300 yeah. folks and he went around greeted everybody i believe told them stories i mean it was the most amazing time then he gave us 35 minutes of probably the most intense interview that you can imagine when he talked about the 40 plus years he's been involved with baseball and everything else and, and you could sit there all day long it's like the old time like when yeah. you turn on the radio before you would sit in front of it you would hear it it was yeah. the same way with charlie that day down here was good yeah, it's true. But when he comes on, though, I'll make sure I reach back out to you to, to yeah. let you know to come on. But yeah, Charlie's going to be coming up amongst some other people. But I'm pretty sure that's going to be a fantastic show. I can't wait for that to happen. Yeah, that's awesome. Harry, yeah. Just to uh, not to interrupt, I want to just throw out to you, you know, with the Mike Messinelli 97 5 parting ways. Wanted to see if you could touch on that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's the end of an era, man. I mean, Mike, uh, you know, Mike has done this at the highest level uh, for 30, 30 years. I mean, he started in, in IP, I think, in the early to mid 90s uh, with Steve-O, uh, where he was sort of the, you know, he, Steve-O was the veteran guy, the sage radio guy. And Mike was coming out of the newspaper realm, you know, writing a lot about college basketball for the Inquirer. I used to love reading Mike when I was in college. And Steve-O sort of taught him the ropes and, and Mike quickly picked it up because he, he's a very intelligent man and, and took it and, and made it his own. And it became, you know, his own brand really quickly, you know, and, and he was one of the best that's ever done it in this town, not only in this town, but in the country, if you ask me, because I know, I know everybody uh, who's done this. And uh, the, you know, the sad part is, is that, a lot of times you can't write your own ending and that's what really kind of would upset me. And I'm sure it upsets him. Um, you know, that you do all this for, you know, two of the big, the two big stations in, in town. He was also involved in, um, rock and roll radio. He did the morning right. show and on MMR for a couple of years, Yeah, you know, and, and I, I was entertained by that show too. I uh, went up to New York and did some sports talk in New York during, you know, his, you know, when he was let go, I think by MMR or WIP, I forget, before he came back to the Fanatic or he, before we brought him back to, uh, to Philly Radio. And uh, you think about that career and, uh, you know, all that all that was done and, you know, and to have it just all end on one day where, you know, he comes in, apparently I wasn't listening at the time, but you know because I don't really listen a whole lot anymore. I got to be honest with you. Uh, and it has nothing to do with any personality or anything. I've just kind of do other things. But I heard that around four o'clock, he just sort of mentioned like, today's my last day. This is my last show. And that to me is incredible. Like he should have had at least a week where they bring in all the, the great guests from the, right. from all the years, whether it be this station or MMO, you know, whatever. All right. the, you know, all that right. should have been a really produced piece of radio for at least a week. They could have gotten great ratings out of it. And it would have been a great send off to a guy who has, has had a tremendous career. I mean, forget about what you might think of him politically, because he got very political in the last couple of years, as some guys have. And I think that might have been to his detriment. But uh, he was brilliant on the radio. 
and you know forged so many relationships and it would have been just so great to hear a lot of those people call back in and just sort of reminisce I mean, we love reminiscing in this town. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. he should have had a send off. Is all I'm right. all I'm saying because the guy was tremendous, and you may have disagreed with him ninety percent of the time. Uh, tr you know, trust me, that's that's good. You know, that's what he wanted. He was really good at that. Um, I, I was, you know, I was a guy that never really thought about it that much, but I kind of liked being liked. He liked being disliked. I think, and 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 there's an art to that. Um, and um, he's going to be missed. And it's it's sad the way it ended so abruptly. I said this on the cheap seats last week, Harry, when it yeah. came to the Missinelli thing. Look, you and I have been in radio. We know how cutthroat it is. Sure. There's a flavor of the week, one week, and then five months later, they let you go. So, and I said, you know, his original contract, I think, ran out at, in December of last year. And then they extended him through the spring this year, from what I heard. Yeah. That should have been like the first light writing on the wall. Sure. And it almost seemed to me like they didn't want to give him a long-term contract, taking the chances that they had already taken on him through the years. And I think it finally, look, he got emotional. And I, I said last week, you can tell this isn't what he wanted. Yeah. And it's almost like they gave him Memorial Day weekend and then whammo, he, kept, he went in on Tuesday last week and they hit him with it. So yeah. Well, I don't know if they hit him with it on Tuesday or when they hit him with it, but I, I you know, that was the end of the month, and that might have been the last day of the contract. I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not, I'm not privy to that. But you know, there's, there's a life cycle to everything, you know. And I mean, Angelo is is leaving now, you know, and he's been flirting with leaving for years. Mm -hmm. And you know, a lot of these guys, you know, they're just addicted to it. Like they, they, I kind of feel for them. Some of the guys, and I'm not saying Mike's that guy, but like an Angelo, I don't know if he knows what to do outside of being Angelo Cataldi and doing a morning show and going to bed at six, six thirty, seven o'clock at night. Like I don't know that these a lot of these guys have really enjoyed themselves. They're so addicted to the business, and it consumes you, man. Like if you're at that level, it consumes you, and. I don't know what that's like because I've always been a guy that preferred to enjoy myself. In addition to doing my work, I worked to enjoy myself. I didn't work to work and work to be something like, you know, I, I, I used work as a, as a means to go have fun. Right. And, you know, yeah. I, I, like some of these guys, I think that, you know, they don't know how to have fun. They gotta, they gotta learn to have, have a little bit of fun because at some point it all ends. You know what I mean? Right. It does. <laughs> You know, it's like so. a lot of people, how many guys have been like my dad, for example, you had 33 years in military. Then you get out and you look at the world. Like, what am I supposed to do now? It's a yeah. whole different world. You got to so, readjust. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. you're absolutely right because it's tough. I mean, all them years of radio, you know, the same way if you, I mean, you've been a, a, a sports writer for years, same thing. You're used to right. a, a certain schedule for 20 plus years. And the day you decide that, you know, that's it. I'm putting the pen down. I'm done. Like, what do you do next? So right. yeah, it, it's a big major adjustment and get it's going to be the same way with WIP. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's like my, my dad was, you know, worked for 40 some odd years in the same industry with basically the same company all his life and retired. And two, two, three years later, he was dead. You know, so I look at that. I look back on that and say, you know, that's a shame. And I don't want that to be me. You know, so I, I'm sort of living my retirement, you know, yeah. as I go. My wife oh. hates that. But, uh, you know, I, I, yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Another, you know, Ray Dettinger retiring. Oh, legend. Yeah, absolute legend. Yeah, no no doubt about it. I mean, I'll tell you about Ray. Um, Ray was a guy that I wanted to get on my show when I was in Allentown. One of the first, maybe, maybe the first or second year that we were in Allentown. I wanted to get him on to talk Eagles. There, there was something going on, as there always is with the Eagles. But I, I said to the guy that I, I was working with, I think it was Tom Fallon, who was the program director, I said, you know, I think I'm going to try to get Ray Didinger on and talk about this. He goes, you can get him on? I said, well, I don't know. I'm going to try. So I got his phone number. And I called him. And you, when you call Ray, you call his home. Like he didn't have a cell phone. So he called his office line. And sure enough, he calls me back. And he doesn't know me from Adam. Okay. And I said, hey, I'm Harry Mays. You know, I'm doing this uh, sports talk show up in the Lehigh Valley on, on the ESPN affiliate. Would love to get you on, you know, someday this week, you know, between 4.30 and 6.30, because we're on 4 to 7, to talk about the Eagles. And he said, sure, um, 
how's tomorrow? And I'm like, tomorrow's great. What time? And you know, we booked the time and the guy came on and he couldn't have been more gracious, gave us 15 to 20 minutes. And it was awesome. And it really, you know, it was like a big thing for me at that time, at that point in my career, my young career. And I'll never forget that. And that's the kind of guy Ray was, or Ray is. I shouldn't say was. He is. Yeah, I did a morning show with Tommy Fallon. Oh, yeah. For about a month. Yeah. <laughs> I, bet, I bet he's still playing the same bumper music that he was playing back with me in 2003, 4, and 5. He is. <laughs> Good Lord. Oh, great. Now, Harry, as you're talking about uh, Lehigh Valley, doesn't – doesn't Merrill Reese have a, own a station? He owns one in he owned one in Bucks County. I don't know if he still owns it. it was WBC WBCB BCB? <laughs> and I think yeah, it was like Levitt, near Levittown or something. Right. Yeah. 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 I thought it was somewhere up there. Yeah. <laughs> now, speaking of, before we end up uh, signing off here, and Harry, I, I, we can go on all night because just it, it's always fun to, to have you on. I know your your time is always critical and valuable, but we do always appreciate you coming on here. But it, we, as you talk about contracts and then guys going to the booth, how about Fuji's other best friend, TB12? Uh, Once he's done, uh, how about ten now. years? Ten years and that amazing deal they put together for him, and the guy's never broadcast a game in his life. Is he the greatest or what? I mean, yeah. he, he is just awesome. The only thing that I'm pissed off at him now about is that he, on that stupid, ridiculous golf event that they broadcast last week, the match, all right, which I'm done with these matches, all right? I've been done with them. <laughs> but he's wearing his freaking hat backwards and an untucked shirt. I'm like, dude, you are setting the wrong example. Like, like I'm tuck your freaking shirt in and right. turn your hat around. Okay. This isn't the local Muni. All right, yeah. Tommy. <laughs> exactly. No, it, it's true, but it's just, it's amazing to me. Some of these guys, man, where they can just walk away from the I game know. and that's it. And today it was oh. funny because just before we came on, I'm listening here to Fox 13 locally. And told me, well, Tom Brady, you know, he didn't want to speak to the media today. Well, if you guys ever noticed in the in the 25 years now of the NFL, he never talks during OTAs when he first take off because he's focused upon what he wants to do. Yeah. And it's just funny to me because you did like the reporters. You guys should know this by now. It's been two years now. He's been with the team. Yeah. He just came off of it. And then you hear the, their funny little slogans where, he, you know, we wonder what he did during his uh, retirement. Well, not <laughs> much. Obviously, he had he just, fun. You know, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think the most fun that he had, honest to God, was the boat parade down here because you we've seen two now with the lightning, possibly yeah. maybe three if they can, you know, pull it off. But that, you know, I didn't make it down there as much as Fuji likes to, you know, bust my chops here. Saying yeah, I was down there. The Tampa Bay shirt on. Yeah, well, because <laughs> I'm down here. And, I got a house. Like, I got a house down there, man. That's part of part of my hood too. I lived in Tampa for a little while. Still have a house near there. But he Jet. has a Tom yeah. Brady jersey in the back. I do not. Listen, for the <laughs> thousandth time, I don't have a Tom Brady jersey, but thanks for playing it. That doesn't happen. But, you know, it's just it's funny down here because these guys, they don't get it. And then it's, you know, as, as much as I love the area, it's been fun since I moved from Philly. But they don't like the sports down here. It's not like it is, I guess, back in Philly or anywhere else where no. they don't get into it as much. And then the reporters here, it's like they're disconnected. If they don't have a teleprompter with some people that, that we see on TV just about on a daily basis, if the teleprompter is not there, they have no idea what they want to talk about. Well, first of all, people aren't as connected to it because it's always 85 degrees and gorgeous down there. Okay. So that's yeah. one, one reason. The other thing though, you got Rob Motti down there who lives down there. Now right. he also uh, emigrated from Philadelphia to the Tampa oh. area. He knows yeah. what he's doing. Okay, that's one guy that's in there every day that knows what's going on. So you should get him on one of these times. No, he's a good friend of the He's guy. a great guy. He's a great guy. Yeah, he's yeah. been – we go back and forth just about almost on a, on a daily basis. Oh, good. In that, okay. Yeah. So we to make we, sure. Oh, yeah. No, we, we end up talking a lot. They're, they're, you know, he, he's funny. I can't wait for the NFL season to start because he – I think he's going to try and do what he did back in Philly on his own, kind of like his own show. So he wants yeah. to do something where he wants to pick that back up again. And, and as much as Fuji is going to drive him nuts, but unfortunately he is going to be talking a lot of Bucks talk because he is assigned to the AP, and that's what he wanted to do is talk yeah. Bucks talk. But for, I, listen, Harry, don't let him fool you. I know uh, we're coming up on it, but don't let him fool you because – he did mention at one point who was the Dallas Cowboy there that you had the running back? 
Emmett Smith, I believe, was the jersey that you had. No so, Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, don't let him pull you, Harry. He, he's <laughs> there, Brady in the back. He probably got every color black, the red. No. The white. <laughs> he probably got all the Patriots. Wait, your sister lives up in New England. Probably yeah, that's right. And I was never, ever, never a Bostonian fan. Yeah, never a Bostonian fan. Even even the years I lived up there for Why high school, my high school years. Now, listen, I was up there from 85 to 88 when they were horrible. And even then, I never turned to the Red Sox, never turned to the Celtics, never turned to the Bruins, and never turned to the Patriots. I bet the Celtics in this series. Oh, man. Who's Well... Well, right. we'll see what's going to happen with the Celtics, but it's going to be interesting to see what what how that series is turning out. Because yeah. again, Golden State had seen right after that that run that he had. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to get back to any on any major level. It's so hard to get back there again. Phillies are taking it now from 2008. Granted, yeah. the Eagles haven't been that far away from 2017, and we'll see what happens there. And then obviously with Dougie P down there in in Jacksonville and Duval County, that's going to be interesting. They come yeah. to the link, and uh, what what date is it, uh, Ryan and Mike? You know when they're it's early October. Or it's early in the season. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. look forward to that. Late September, early October. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Duval, yeah, it's going to be good, but. Listen, we want to thank, of course, a couple of the sponsors here before we end up wrapping up the show. And again, with Harry Mays, it's always a great time with Harry. And, and if you guys just replay this back over and over again, the audio download will be available as soon as the show is over. But play it over and over again for the best radio and slash podcast that you want to hear because it's always a great time with harry but again you guys thank you for sponsoring our sponsors here and and of course patronizing them should i say but for tampa joe's if you guys visit tampajoes.com down there near the airport 9316 anderson road in beautiful tampa florida as i always say a hop skip and a jump from the airport itself during the nfl season you can catch philly of the south the eagles football club right by run by mike klein for 26 years now down there but our fourth year at tampa joe's so if you guys are from out of the area and you're coming down, please visit Tampa Joe's. Again, TampaJoe's.com. Serious food, a great place. You can't ever go with a bad meal out of Tampa Joe's whatsoever. And for LGDirect.net, here name by the studio, the LG Sales Direct Solution Studios. Larry Gilman, always, if you guys need apparel, hoodies, T-shirts, hats, you name it, reach out through LGDirect.net. Also for your payment solutions, credit card terminals, please visit lgdirect.net. And also, Philly Sports Trips are partners here at Broad Street South. Visit phillysportstrips.com for all the latest upcoming trips, including the one to Houston that Fuji will be down there, which that should be a great time within itself because anytime you get a couple beers in Fuji, Harry, matter of fact, you might have to make that trip down there because Fuji becomes the godfather, and it's a whole different show at that point. But visit phillysportstrips.com also their dc trip as we like to call them the district columbia university whatever you want to call them the commanders we don't go by any of that stuff here but that's the trip that we hope that we can fill up the buses and we're hoping to get about a thousand folks on the buses so please visit phillysportstrips.com and check out their travel packages and for harry mays you guys can follow him right here at harry mays tu Harry Mays to you. And don't forget about, and Harry, if you can say the name of the show, because you say it best, I sound like an idiot when I say it. Ah, jeez. There you go. Because <laughs> <laughs> I used to say that to Martinez on a routine basis, because he just drives you nuts. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then I got the golf are... podcast, too. Swing it and ding it, too. So that's the uh, nice. the other one I do. Nice. Sounds like the guy next to me that drives me nuts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy that follows the Bucks. The <laughs> Buccaneers closet, closet Bucks fan. It, it'll, listen, it'll never happen. Hey, look, Matter- you're the one that fired the first shot, my man. So I'm going to come back right at you with guns a-blazing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Harder. Now get me fired <laughs> right. up now. Listen, don't, night. don't be ashamed. Now, I mean, Just get listen. me fired up now. I've been quiet all night. <laughs> Just show Harry the tattoo you have on your chest with, with your man from the Eagles. Just show him. It's a, don't be embarrassed. It'll be all right. Easy with, easy with your with your bromance with TV12 down there. No. We know where his mansion's being built. You're probably stalking him. It's when you're delivering those pretzels. Uh, listen, he's down there in Miami, all right? So he's got nothing to do with Tampa, with Tampa anymore. Him and Giselle, right. they decided to go down to Miami. So. What, 30 minutes away from you? What? Where you live? Tampa Bay is right near you. Right here. Well, you're stalking the guy. 
<laughs> no. How about uh, he's talking things out here first? You're making me sick with the Brady talk. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, yeah. You'll be all right. Harry, he's the ring chaser. I'm not the ring chaser. He, talk about a Cowboys fan. <laughs> this guy was. Used to be. Like in the Cowboys Used to be until I got sick and tired of Jerry Jones' crap. I can't oh, wow. take Jerry Jones anymore. That's why I defected. Before the old man's gone, I can't do it anymore. Now he likes Kansas City. <laughs> the original <laughs> Dallas Texas. <laughs> It always Never. comes out at the end I'll of the show. It's just the way it works. I ever root for the Cowboys. Wow. Here's my body before I ever root for This is it. Let it go. Get over what, it. What happened to this show, Angel? What, what's going on here? <laughs> hey, an, you get Fuji fired up in this. What yeah. happens? <laughs> you got to come back during football season and watch how crazy he gets by the half. <laughs> it's a whole different person. But listen, thanks to everyone who tunes in again, who tunes in from Australia to Kenya to from New England all the way across to California and down in Brazil. We appreciate everyone who tuned in tonight. It was episode 140 with Harry Mays. We do appreciate it all. Harry, once again, thank you, sir, for coming on. And I will reach back out to you as soon as Charlie comes on. You'll be back on with us because it's going to be a great night. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Angel, Mike, Ryan, great to be with you. Thank you, Harry. You're not a problem. Everyone else, enjoy it, and we will see you all on Thursday night. (laughs) 